Well, good morning. So glad to be here with you today. It's a beautiful day outside. I just love this time of the year. And some might say this is the most wonderful time of the year. And in fact, anybody in here love 107.9 on the radio? You with me? Yeah, you turn on 107.9 right now. It's just after Thanksgiving. The holiday police can just rest because now you can listen to Christmas music 24-7. And it's legit. It's okay. It's legal. And I love listening to 107.9. Listen to it on the way in this morning early. And I'm the type where there's always songs going through my head. So when it's Christmas time, I love this time of the year. I'm singing. Uh, My boys don't love it just a whole lot, but even around the office, I can just envision myself this week, tomorrow morning, Monday, coming in singing, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And I'll sing it all day. I don't care if people get annoyed. It's just fun. And then Tuesday, I can just kind of picture myself singing, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. That's what I heard this morning by Nat King Cole. I've never seen chestnuts roasting on an open fire, but it's just a beautiful song. And then Wednesday, I could just picture myself maybe doing a little Elvis. Here comes Santa Claus. Here comes Santa Claus. And if people don't like it, again, I can just get more modern so I can connect to this millennial generation and sing, let it go, let it go. I don't care what you think anymore. Just having fun. You know, it's it's a beautiful time of the year. And I know this is an interesting transition, but it's a beautiful prayer that we are unpacking right now. We're in the middle of this series called Kingdom Come. Josh has done a great job the first couple weeks setting it up and looking at the first several verses. And this morning, I get to unpack Matthew 6, verse 10. And uh, But before we get to that, One thing that Jesus makes very clear as we look at the Lord's Prayer, and as Josh has has made a great presentation of saying it could be called the Disciples' Prayer, and some call it the Model Prayer, the key thing here is this private prayer that we're to do on a daily basis. Jesus models to us in this beautiful prayer that our motivation, our motivation should not be to gain recognition from people really as in anything, but especially with prayer and as the pagans and and even some of the religious leaders, how they would use prayer for their benefit and make a big deal about it, but especially the religious leaders he was calling out. And so, so go ahead and pray this prayer with me. Let's speak it out loud again. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So as Jesus models to us that our motivation should not be to gain recognition from people in this more private prayer, maybe it's your first time here uh, in this series, and I want to encourage you to know that we're not saying you should only be praying in private. Um, You know, while much of our prayer is cultivated in private, Jesus is certainly not against public prayer. As we see in John 17, after he's been, you know, he washes his disciples' feet in John 13 and goes through the succession of all these beautiful things he wants them to know because he knows his time has come. And in John 17, he's praying this prayer in front of his disciples. He prays for himself, he prays for the disciples, and he prays for the future believers. And if you look at Luke 23, 33 through 34, When they came to a place called the skull, they nailed him to the cross, and the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. 
Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. An amazing prayer. That one little line right there, you could do a whole sermon off of that based on the amazing love, compassion of Jesus. He's just playing as he's literally been nailed to the cross, he's been beaten. And later on, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then ultimately, he says, Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. Matthew 6, 10. This is really kind of the henchman verse on, on this series called Kingdom Come. And it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And if you look at this one scripture, this one piece of this prayer that Jesus gives us to pray on a daily basis, this is a bold prayer. This is a bold statement right here. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so the first thing we want to look at is kingdom, that word kingdom, your kingdom come. The word kingdom means a political or territorial unit ruled by a sovereign. Ruled by a sovereign. Now, when applied to God, it could refer to all creation. Like in Psalm 103, 19, it says his kingdom rules over all. More often, kingdom refers to his rule in and through those who are submitted to him. Matthew 13, the parables in Matthew 13 are clearly referring to the church when he talks about the kingdom. And then you look at Luke 17, 20 through 21, where Jesus is saying, you're praying for the kingdom. The kingdom is already here as he's talking about himself. And so we see that the kingdom of God more specifically refers to Christ's living and ruling in our hearts. So praying thy kingdom come is praying for the expansion and influence of God's rule in the hearts of people everywhere. And ultimately, the establishment of his physical kingdom here on earth at his second coming. But we're going to focus today on when you say your kingdom come, that you're praying for the expansion and influence of God's rule in the hearts of people everywhere. And I want you to think about the boldness of that prayer, your kingdom come. God desires everyone to come to repentance. Not everybody chooses to, but he uses you and me as his ambassadors, as his new creations, as a branch to the vine. He uses us to release the good news, to draw people to Jesus Christ as Jesus himself came to make the Father known. So as we get to know Jesus, we're to make him known and be bold and courageous as we share the good news, as we live the good news through the fruit of the Spirit in our lives to draw people So they get to know about the kingdom. They get to know about this Jesus Christ. And this is a bold thing that we're to do. And and sometimes in this world, we're so concerned about judging people or offending people that unintentionally we can lose the courage and passion it takes to really take advantage of the opportunities that God gives us. We keep our love on as we speak the truth in love. But if we're to pray boldly for your kingdom to come, we're to be people who are willing to share this good news with people around us. Because we are responsible to people. We're not responsible for people. But God, who is a sovereign God, and the word kingdom means a political or territorial unit ruled by a sovereign, and he's ultimately talking about Christ living and ruling in our hearts, he is sovereign. And in his sovereignty, he has chosen to co-labor with you and me. And we're to pray boldly. He invites us to come into his presence with confidence and with boldness because of who we are through his son, Jesus Christ. And this is a big deal. 
And I want to encourage all of us to consider being more bold and courageous as we share the kingdom as kingdom bearers with Christ living and ruling in our hearts, share with other people that Jesus Christ really is the way, the truth, the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through him. So that's the kingdom, and we are the kingdom bearers. What is God's will? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, as it says in Matthew 6.10. That's a simple question, right? What is God's will? (laughs) Not really. Not a simple question, but in my simple faith, I feel like this scripture really illuminates what does it mean to have God's will. 2 Timothy 3.16-17 says this, All scripture is God-breathed. All scripture and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So when you think about this, all the scripture, it's Holy Spirit inspired. It's from God. and, And so when you think about it, what is God's will? Well, God's word reveals or is his will. So the word of God reveals the will of God. And I know over the centuries, sometimes we have some different interpretations of Scripture. The big word for that is the exegesis. But I think, you know, here at Bentonville Church of Christ, most of what um, we interpret, we can agree on. And, but if you really want to know what is God's will, what, what, is, what, do you, what does He want to desire in our life when we say this prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, powerful, bold statement, we've got to know what the Word of God says. Because it's all God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Because we need to be thoroughly equipped. And so we need to know what the Word of God says. And even the Word of God became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And this Logos Word of God, Jesus came and revealed what God is like and showed us the will of the Father, the exact representation of His being, it says in Hebrews 1.3. And so we really need to dive into the Word of God, our daily bread to know what God's will is. So your will, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we need to look at the scripture and say, okay, what does it say in the Bible? And we look through the life of Jesus. We look through the epistles of Paul. What is the will that he wants to be done on earth as it is in heaven? What does it look like to pray boldly for your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? One of the things we have to think about is what's in heaven? What is not in heaven? And we, we sing different songs, you know, old songs. And when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. But we've been given a deposit of heaven right now. And Jesus is saying, I'm praying for your will, be, will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So heaven's not my goal anymore. Heaven is my destiny. And so my goal is to release heaven on earth, which comes right in line with this prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we know that in heaven, there's not any fear. In heaven, there's not depression. In heaven, there's not addiction. There's not sickness. There's not jealousy in heaven. So when you think of holistically looking at this emotional, spiritual, physical, we know that Jesus Christ came to save everybody. I mean, God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him won't perish and have eternal life because he didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. And even the Greek word for save, sozo, It's a holistic salvation, obviously spiritual first and foremost, which is still the greatest miracle going on here on earth. As you think of this prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
But there's no fear. There's no depression. There's no addiction. There's no sickness. There's no jealousy. All these things that are challenges for us, even as new creations in Christ while we live here on earth, it's not in heaven. And, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. A very bold prayer. So do we believe that the will of God is expressed in the word of God and what Jesus says here is true? And do we have the courage, I mean, really, that kind of gets your faith juices flowing when you look at this verse, to really pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Jesus says we're to be a house of prayer. We're to be a house of prayer. And when you look at the early Christians, they were united in prayer. So when you think about even just prayer in general, are you willing to say this prayer? Prayer should really become such a natural fab- fabric of our life, uh, a part of our lifestyle. Prayer really should just become Christian recreation. Like the early Christians, men and women daily were uniting in prayer and praying together. Prayer is such a powerful vehicle. Prayer is it's all through Scripture, Old and New Testament. You see prayer associated with thanksgiving. You see prayer associated with spiritual wisdom. Prayer associated with spiritual growth. Jesus even praying for safety in John 17. You see prayer and fasting associated with leadership as they make big decisions. Prayer is just everywhere. The prayers of David, prayers of Solomon, prayers of Mary, prayers of Hannah. And we even have prayer for things such as this. Look at James 5, 13 through 16 with me. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should see songs of praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I've seen this done where people who, with cancer with, and other diseases and challenges in their life, have the elders come and pray over them, anointing their head with oil. And I've seen these miracles happen. I've seen these prayers answered in powerful ways where you can only give the credit to God. He's using His people. He co-labors with us as He's chosen to do. And it's amazing. It's wonderful. And it excites you. And all these kind of things go through your mind and just the possibilities of what could, what is possible with God today. And then I've seen this happen too, and I've seen people be anointed with oil, the prayers of faith come over them and praying for the sickness to leave, and they die. And I would say all of us in here this morning have been in that situation where we see the power of God through prayer, and people going for it, they enter as his presence with thanksgiving and praise and boldness and confidence, and then it not happened. And that's one of the tensions, the challenges in this walk with with Jesus Christ. Because this is a bold prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When you think of spiritual salvation, when you think of people being healed physically and emotionally, all these kind of things Jesus is asking us to do and pray on a daily basis This is challenging and bold, especially as we embrace the mystery. As we embrace the mystery, when people don't receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, God desires everybody to come to repentance, but not everybody chooses it. And we have to embrace the mystery when people don't get delivered from their pain while here on earth. That's the tension. That's the mystery that is so challenging as Christians today. And what do you do with that? Because... 
We know that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So he wants to rob us of our faith. He wants to rob us of our, our courage, our boldness. And he wants us to shrink back in faith. Because the reality is, everybody in here this morning, you're not going to go completely unscathed in this life because God is the creator of good things. And we live in this fallen world right here in the meantime. And bad things happen to good people. That's the reality. Does it mean the person didn't have a, enough faith in their prayer? No. And, and ultimately, Scripture says we're to rest in, in His faithfulness, rest in, in His power, and, and respond to His ability that's within me. But not everybody has their prayers answered like they would want them to. So when we think about heaven invading earth, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, a big part of that absolutely is praying for protection, provision, safety, all these kind of things. But heaven invading earth is not always preventing things. And that's challenging to think about because we're so knowledgeable, we're intelligent people, we know the word, we're trying to learn the word, and sometimes we demand an explanation when we're supposed to be embracing the mystery, when we don't understand what didn't happen and we're supposed to trust in the Lord. It's very, very challenging. I, I want to share a personal story with you today. It's been a couple weeks ago now, and the, the date was November 3rd, but I kind of want to lead up to that. That week was ended up being the most challenging week we've experienced in our family so far. Sunday night, as we get back from this really great retreat with the teenagers, Marcy's grandma, I mean, it, it was time, and you know what I mean when I say that, but it's still hard. Her grandma died Sunday night. A beautiful woman, amazing woman, really tough life in a lot of ways, but kept a, a genuine faith in Jesus Christ through it all, an inspiring lady. She died Sunday night, and so that's, that's challenging. Tuesday, I uh, get a call from a really close family member. We'll just leave it at that, and some of the things they're, they're struggling with, and it was really challenging, somewhat devastating. Walking through them with that, Kind of rocks my world a little bit, praying for that person fervently. And then Wednesday of that same week, we get a call from a good friend in Tennessee, and we find out that my son Isaac's good friend named Cooper from Tennessee, one of his best friends while we lived there for a while before we moved here two and a half years ago, he had committed suicide. Committed suicide on Halloween night, and they found him the next day. And what do you do with that information? What do you do with that? And just, you know, again, the tears start flowing, and I have to tell Isaac, I have to tell him at school, and what do you say? There's nothing you can really say. A mystery. It's, you know, it's evil, but you know what happened, and we don't know why. There wasn't anything that tipped us off to see this coming. And as a dad, it's very, very challenging to watch your son go through pain like that. And then Friday night, you know, some of you know, there was a big football game between Bentonville and Bentonville West, a, a new rivalry, and supposed to be eight to 10,000 people there, and it's okay if you're not into football. The story really isn't about football. Not really. And, and, and there's a big game that night, and my son Easton, who happens to be the running back on Bentonville, and all this buildup and excitement and energy, and it was crazy, the atmosphere in that stadium. But about 6 o'clock, with game time being at 7 o'clock, this dark, just oppression comes over me. I don't know how else to explain it. I've never felt it before. God's made me kind of a feeler, a discerning person. And um, it wasn't good. 
I'm praying. I, I'm, I'm walking around. I'm, I'm pacing before the game, and it just gets more intense. It's such a heaviness, and all I know is that my son is not safe. And it's tough as a dad when you feel somewhat powerless. But, but I'm like, no, no, no. I'm praying. I'm interceding. That, that warrior pillar of a man's heart is coming out in me. And I'm praying. And I always pray for his safety and, and the safety of other players. And some of you are like, Todd, he's playing football. He's a running back. Come on. I realize there's a risk involved. But, you know, there's a risk every time I get in the car. This morning when I drove here, it's a risk. It's a risk anytime I let myself love somebody that I do relationship with somebody. Life is full of risk and we are not the parents who try to tell our kids to not take risk. Don't be a person on the sideline. Get in the game of life. Get in the game of football. And so it wasn't about that even. It's just like I could feel this deep, heavy thing coming on me and I knew that Easton wasn't safe that night. I didn't like it. All I knew was to pray and intercede. And I'm praying with everything that I got in the name of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, protection. And the first the first quarter, Easton actually scores the first touchdown of the game. The place is going crazy, and I'm sitting down feeling nauseated. I can't celebrate. And so it just gets heavier on me, and I'm praying and praying. And then the, the second quarter starts, and they score again, and Easton's going in for the two-point conversion, and he gets up, and then he just collapses back down, and I can tell he's really hurt. Long story short, he broke his fibula in his left leg. And it's not good when the trainer goes and pulls the orthopedic over on the sideline. That's when I went down there and talking to him. And I go with him to tell Eason, yeah, it's for sure broken. He knew it, but all the work and effort and the dreams that you put in for your team at that moment, it, it stops. And after he cries on my shoulder, he's all concerned about the team and getting back out on the field and he knows, he knows what's going on, that his year is probably done. And so all this emotion is going through me. And I didn't tell anybody about this for several days because it was so weird. And, and I prayed and, and then this happened and it didn't seem right. It didn't seem fair. And I'm saying, God, what is going on? I, I don't get this. this. This doesn't seem right. And it was a sick feeling. And as Easton's addressing his team after they win this big game on his crutches and He's giving this really neat speech, and somebody approaches me and, and says, Hey, uh, there's a friend of mine. I love you and your family. I love the passion which he's in place. Here's, here's a check to help with the upcoming expenses. And it was overwhelming. It was humbling. It was emotional. And, you know, we don't have great insurance because we have, quote, <laughs> affordable health care. But, man, I just... In that moment, I saw heaven invading earth. Um, that night on the way home, Eason's already talking about, well, my season may be done on the field, but my season's not done as a leader. Heaven invading earth. You know, the next day, people call and we want to bring food by. Um, our, our small group all week long is, is bringing food by. You know, I get a call from Marcy and an envelope of cash shows up in the mailbox heaven invading earth. I mean, texts from so many different people checking on, on our son and, and just you see this love and respect from the community, from the church, from opponents. It's overwhelming. It's, it's heaven invading earth. And then back to Isaac. We check our kids' phones. We're those type of parents and they're our phones anyway. 
And we check Isaac's phone, and the day after he gets the news of his friend committing suicide, Isaac wrote this long, beautiful text, like a goodbye letter to his friend Cooper. It was powerful. It was amazing. And so later that week on Sunday, two days after Easton broke his leg, we drive back to Tennessee. It's 13 hours in one day, but it's important to be there for that two-hour memorial. And if you could have seen the look on the face of the mom of the boy who committed suicide is waiting in line to hug her. When she sees me and recognizes me, sees who I am, she starts crying and says, where's your boy? What he wrote, and she just starts crying. She can't talk. And when I see Isaac hug her, I see the tears flowing. I'm just like, that's heaven invading earth. Because here's the deal. God is the creator of good things. We live in this world, and, and then he's the redeemer. So this bold prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, it's not always about preventing things or things just flourishing. That's absolutely a part of it. But also a part of it too is he is the redeemer. And the Bible says that trials are going to come. It's a package deal. As we pray this bold prayer for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven and heaven to invade earth through his people, we also know we're going to face trials, things we don't understand. We also know he says all things work together for good for those who love the Lord. And it's not all good things. And so this mystery, when things don't happen the way we want them to happen and we don't understand, I don't understand And the story is not finished with my boys. We're in the middle of it. But as I navigate through this as a minister, the verses, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths, it takes on a whole different meaning. I don't always understand. And sometimes demanding an explanation, we try and create theologies to justify our experience or lack thereof when It's not meant to be created, and we're to embrace the mystery and trust and grow in faith and trust in God when it stinks, when it hurts, and sometimes it just stinks. Even as a new creation of Christ, doesn't mean you're not trusting, but sometimes it just really stinks what happens. And people come by with the things they want to say, and they're trying to help. It's not like they're not saying truth. Well, God has a plan. It could be worse. True, but right now it just stinks. And it stinks for Easton. Doesn't mean he doesn't love and trust God anymore. But that's the reality. That's the mystery. That's the tension that we have to walk. When we pray this bold prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, things don't always turn out like we want them to. But oh, God is a redeemer. And we cannot forget that. And heaven can invade earth through people loving you, bringing food by, just sitting there to listen. Heaven invades earth sometimes by just being kind to people, by just smiling at that kid in the hall, smiling at that kid at the lunchroom because you don't know what he's going through. And sometimes just little kindness can prevent them from taking some really drastic actions in their life. Heaven invades earth in those little moments when you just smile at people, when you pay for the person behind you in the drive-thru. The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, all the fruit of the Spirit. Every day we have an opportunity to release that and release heaven on earth. Heaven can invade earth by beautiful, wonderful things happening. And God prevents things all the time. 
But then we also know that some things are going to happen and heaven invades earth as God, the Redeemer. Let me end with this, Colossians 3, 1 through 4. Since then, you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And until that second coming comes, right now, we are praying for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are praying for his kingdom to come. I want to encourage you this morning as a church, continue to be bold. Do not shrink back in faith when bad things happen, because we know they do, and we don't always understand it. But keep praying boldly for his kingdom to come. Keep sharing the good news. Keep praying boldly for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven and what that looks like for you. This week and today, pray that boldly, and let's get excited about releasing heaven on earth as new creations in Christ, as ambassadors for Christ. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray. God in heaven, life is not always easy. We don't always understand, but you call us to trust in you. You call us to pray boldly for you because you've chosen in your sovereignty to co-labor with your sons and your daughters. And so God, today we pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, here in our community, here in our state, here in this country, here in this world, God. And we know the enemy comes at us in different ways and wants to rob us of our joy, our hope, our confidence, our faith in you. And so this morning we declare that we are going to go forward in courage. We're going to go forward in faith and we're going to trust in you, God, when we don't always understand it. But your word, it's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light into our path. You illuminate enough for us to continue to take the steps. We don't always see the full picture, but you do. So, Father, who is in heaven, holy be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.